1: You're listening to Luke's English podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello and welcome to Luke's English Podcast and this special series called Marooned with My Music. My castaway today is my brother James Thompson. Since being born in the mid-1970s in the south of England, it's hard to say really what James has been doing for the past 39 years of his existence on earth. Nevertheless, he is a man of taste, a man of music and a man of experience. In the 1990s, he studied a combined degree in English and design at a university in Cambridge before becoming something of an expert in wine tasting, wine selling and indeed wine drinking. Quietly entrepreneurial, James set up a successful t-shirt company in the late 1990s and now works as a freelance designer and artist with perhaps the pinnacle of his career so far being the logo he designed for Luke's English Podcast. I'm joking, of course, James has contributed design work for various companies and organisations over the years. And as well as being an artist, a designer, a wine enjoyer, a t-shirt maker and skateboarder, James uh, has always been a keen lover of music, both as a drummer and producer and as a collector of vinyl records. And I imagine that Having to choose eight records to take to his desert island has been something of a challenge for him. So let's find out. So, hello, James. Welcome to this programme, which is called Marooned With My Music. Are you aware of the concept of the show?
2: Yep, it's similar to a very popular Radio 4 programme, isn't it? That's right. Um, It's basically
1: the same thing, with a few slight changes. But any similarities are complete coincidences. That's right. right. The changes really have been made in order to avoid any potential... um, Copyright or legal issues, which and we've just completely voided by
2: discussing what it was stolen yeah. from.
1: Okay. Well, anyway, um, welcome to Marooned with my music, James. Mm. Um, have you found it difficult to choose eight songs, uh, eight of your favourite pieces of music, which um, will accompany you onto this remote island for the rest of your life?
2: Very difficult. I mean, these kind of lists are normally ten things, and I think I'm missing those two extra ones badly.
1: Okay. Well um let's see. I mean, you got can I just ask quickly, have you got the music from that series? From from that series. No, yeah. I'm not using that music. You're not. Oh, it's a shame. Why? Do you want do you need that music? It kinda of sets the tone, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> <laughs> you could <do, well>, <laughs> <laughs> write something that sounds very,
2: very similar to it. <laughs> <laughs> <It's>
1: not, <laughs> that's pretty much the same thing. Um, maybe you need to hear the music to get you into the right mindset, but, um, anyway, imagine that you're going to be marooned on a, on a, uh, remote, uh, island in the ocean somewhere, and, uh, uh, somehow you've managed to extract from the shipwreck. Pacific Ocean, hopefully, is not it, the Atlantic, because otherwise it'd be freezing. It, it could be the Caribbean. Caribbean, ooh. Could mm. be. We don't yeah, really know. I think know. it traditionally is more Caribbean, isn't it, if anything? It's, um, Polynesian? Could be. We don't really know where it is, but it's a remote uh, desert island um, where you've you've washed up on the shore. You've managed to rescue eight. I suppose they're pieces of seven-inch vinyl, I suppose. One-sided seven-inch vinyl. <laughs> yeah. Eight records that
2: you have managed to save. I don't know why you were on A this. A lot of these weren't available as singles. I mean, is that being too pedantic? It is being too pedantic. <laughs> um, and wouldn't it be more likely I'd have an iPod, but the salt water sort of deleted? Yeah. Most of them. The salt water has got into your... No, I don't want an iPod. I want the vinyl, please. Okay.
1: You've managed to rescue eight pieces of vinyl from your collection. I don't know why you were transporting all of your favourite pieces of music across the sea, but you were, and somehow the the boat uh, sank, and you've washed up on the island. Am I the only survivor? You're the only survivor.
2: Jesus, what a tragedy. I think it... It's ouch, who was I traveling with? I mean, assuming who you know if I was traveling with someone they're dead as well. You
1: were just a lone traveler, maybe a, a lone f- traveler, maybe on a freight boat, you know it was a cheap trip, <laughs> cheap package deal. that's right um and let's not dwell on any of the negative details of this. basically, it's a concept, okay. I'm being a bit too literal. It's an okay. interview program, um so it was difficult to choose eight songs, was it, yeah. I still don't think I've chosen the eight. They might change as we're talking about it. Okay. Now you know that the basically this is a, a contrived concept which allows um, us to just explore uh, your personality, your life. Um, the whole eight musical choices thing is really just a way, a framework for us to talk about, to just have a, a, a deep, uh, insightful look at your life. Are you ready for that? Oh God! So you tricked me into this. It's been a huge trick. I lured you into this interview with the premise that you would talk about music. So exactly. these interviews are normally done with famous successful people. I haven't done anything. Yeah. It's true. I think I'm going to mention I think I will have mentioned that in the in the introduction to this. Normally there's a sort of my castaway today's, you know, Burt Reynolds um you know and then there's something you know Burt Reynolds has uh, was one of Hollywood's leading men from the 19 during the 1970s and 1980s who've starred in films such as um The Cannonball Run The Cannonball Run, the Cannonball Run 2 The Cannonball Run 2 and other films maybe something with Clint Eastwood I don't know it was Sudden Impact he starred in a film with Clint Eastwood anyway with you um I think I'm gonna have to say James Thompson he in one of the Bond movies? Burt Reynolds. No. No, I'm thinking of that one ways in uh, the Midwest,
2: the Deep South, whatever.
1: There's a cowboy character. The cowboy one. There's a boss hog type character. There's a cop. Anyway, let's not talk about Burt Reynolds. We're here to talk about you, James Thompson. And this is supposed to be an assessment of your life. But you're you're right. You're not a famous celebrity. I mean, in in a way you are because you're famous... um, in in for being in episodes of luke's english podcast that's a kind of fame anyway um so i should normally begin with begin at the beginning you were born in the glamorous uh settings of uh, reading in south england um and ricky gervais is also from reading ricky gervais is from there that's right um that's about it that's the only connection to anything noteworthy about the place But really, you you grew up in West London, in Ealing. Um, What was your childhood like?
2: Um,
1: I'd say it was really nice. You know, great. Any sort of idyllic, more idyllic version of Grange Hill,
2: I'd probably describe it as.
1: Or the the Bash Street kids. Grange Hill being a popular young person's soap opera. A cross between the Famous Five and Grange Hill both of which uh, none of my listeners will will understand but uh, basically it was like a sort of pretty standard idyllic like pleasant version of childhood um in west london okay and and so let's let's start with your first musical choice i don't know if this relates to your childhood at all um let's see what's your first record well, Luke, my first record, which would be on 7-inch
2: vinyl, because this did come out as a single, um, is by my first musical, Love, um, the first, first band when I was a kid that really grabbed my attention and that I really enjoyed listening to, you're adjusting my mic, I yeah. enjoyed listening to a lot when they came on top of the pops. Um, they just, you know, pow, immediately, I liked them, and they stood out you know from everything else that was around at the time and they were the first band that i genuinely said okay i'm a fan of this band which as a kid i suppose is a a first you know which band was that the (laughs) band you need to tell us the name of the the band was madness and the song is my girl I didn't
0: want to see the film tonight I found it hard to say She thought I'd had enough of her Why can't she see She's lovely to me
1: So that was uh, My Girl by Madness, an extract. I don't think I can play the whole thing legally. Um, illegally either. But um, that was an extract from My Girl. Why that particular track? Because obviously they um, they released lots of hit singles, Madness, in the 80s when y- you and I were both growing up. Why that one in particular? Are the lyrics uh, particularly poignant? Just a particularly good song. And it's just perfect in every way. No, I don't know. I don't know just like i mean i wish we could listen to it we don't actually have the access well we do but we don't have time i'm going to be adding the tracks in later in post-production
2: I, yeah you're adding them later so my I kind of f- feel like yeah
1: Argued just the other night if you imagine them all in this a It just
2: reminds me of being 11 years old in london and thinking I uh, you know this is someone talking directly to me about what life is probably going to be like as a grown-up
1: Madness also did a track called Baggy Trousers, which was all about sort of school days and stuff like that. That might have been a better choice, considering what I was just talking about. But I chose my girl. How were your school days? You went to uh, North Ealing School originally, and uh, how were your early school days? Do you remember anything about them? Uh, they, were, they were pretty fun. Um,
2: I had some good mates. Uh, we used to sort of spend a lot of time roller skating, BMXing skateboarding running around throwing berries at garage doors did you actually Um, do any studying oh at school um yeah i quite i didn't mind school at that age it was quite nice it was quite a nice school Uh, i had some good friends there it was no real um nastiness to be honest it was
1: generally all-round pretty nice place to go to school i think okay Um, and i don't really remember it very well to be honest it was up until I, I probably remember more about your life than you do. <clears throat> that was up until uh, the age of about eleven, and then because our dad got a job in uh, in Birmingham, uh, working at BBC Pebble Mill in Birmingham, we moved, didn't we? We moved from the built-up area, the hustle and bustle of uh, West London. We moved to sort of middle of nowhere in uh, in in Warwickshire, right? So. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, what was it like for you moving to a new school so this is a real rags to riches story as you
2: can tell it's more
1: of a <laughs> town to countryside story <laughs> um
2: it was great i mean it was great it was cool we had lots of you know new friends and we'd play in the lane which was more of a lane less of a street or a road like we had been used to country lane grass verges and we did the same kind of things um Great fun. I seem to remember it was just summer all the time for quite a long time. But was it? Uh, which is good. I had a paper round, you know, I used to ride around the village on my paper round and started going to another school, which wasn't quite so idyllic as the first one. But um, it was still quite a good laugh.
1: What was difficult about moving to the new school? Um, probably
2: having a slight London accent when all the other kids in school were Brummies. Um, sort of standing, and it's also starting a year in rather than starting with everyone else at the start. Meant that you kind of stuck out a bit, you, you, so I was the new boy for quite a while. And you joined, you kind in. of, you kind of uh, get picked on a bit, or you get a bit of undue attention. But I made friends pretty quickly, so I I did all right. It was it was fine.
1: Do you have do you have any have any fights at school? Um, a couple of minor ones, maybe. Did you win those fights? Uh, yep. Okay. No, not always. It was
2: ne- not serious. Just the odd you know, little scrap. It's quite normal for boys to have a quite few normal. fights at
1: school, isn't it, I suppose. Um yeah, I think I had a pretty good average. Okay. All right then. Um now, let's move on to song choice number 2. What's this what's your second record? This one is definitely reminds me of uh
2: the bedroom I had in uh our house in Solihull. Just you know when a certain song reminds you of a certain place. Yeah. And Just this tell me is, about, tell this me about is the Happy Mondays. Which were, again, the second band that I really kind of thought, okay, this is the band, this is me, all the way, all through, all the way through.
1: They're, like, representing you, or in, they in speak In similar way you.
2: that Madness had sort of caught my attention. Um, and this was the first track on the second side of the tape LP that I actually bought, paid bought good in Woolworths. You bought it on cassette. Yeah, I bought it on cassette. Um and I went to see them live as well. It was the first gig I actually ever went to at the NEC, which is a huge stadium almost, you, isn't it?
1: Do you remember how old you were? I think I was 15 or maybe 14, it's quite 15. Su- quite surprised that you were allowed to go to that gig at such an early age I
2: It think... was at the NEC It wasn't at some sweat box You know It was at sort of A reputable venue Yeah um, And I was going With a few mates um, And it was amazing And Donovan supported The old 60s sing, Singer songwriter Donovan
1: and which group Are you talking about here The
2: Happy Mondays Okay Shall I shut up and
1: No no I want to know more About why you like The Happy Mondays so much um, Well we went to see them live They were brilliant um, Brilliantly
2: shambolic I should say They weren't exactly Professional but they were brilliantly entertaining and the tune sounded really good as loud as they did. And the bass really, you know, rips through you. Mm. And that was when you were were allowed to play gigs loud. They've turned it down a bit these days. Um, and it was just great fun. Just really good fun out with my mates and, you know, my first can of beer on the train. Well, not first, but, you know. Did
1: you have beer on the train?
2: Yeah, stole a couple of dad's beers, I think, for did the you really there,
1: yeah. So you were, what, 14 or 15? No, I wasn't.
2: I was 15 or 16. Oh, okay. All right. And, um, and So I must have had all of two beers that night, you know, crazy. We weren't b- buying beers in the venue because we were too young. Mm. But anyway, it was a brilliant gig, and it's, they're a brilliant band, brilliant album. Wh- when, Bob's wh- Your Uncle. When was this?
1: 1988, no, it's maybe? No, it's 89? No, it's
2: 1992, isn't it? Oh, no, no, you're right. 88 is the first album. Uh, 92.
1: 1990 okay so it's 1990 happy mondays the album is pills and thrills and belly aches yeah i think it was released in 1991 i'll be honest with you
2: no it's 90
1: okay could be 90 could be 91 but you went to see them live maybe 1991 i saw them live in 90 i think you saw them live in 1990 it was the year the album
2: came out as the tour for pills and thrills so
1: you would have been 15 yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's listen
2: to this track. What's it called? It's called Dennis and Lewis. And actually, this is the song that um, Tony Wilson, Google him, had played at his funeral. Wow. Okay. And Tony Wilson signed the Happy Mondays. He he owned Factory Records, which is the, the 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 label that signed
1: the Mondays. Which city do we associate with the Happy Mondays? Manchester. Okay. So let's listen to Dennis and Lewis by the Happy Mondays who were from Manchester. was um dennis and lewis by the happy mondays which is your second musical choice there do you think that sort of um do you think that that record or that that band sort of represents something in particular about your generation like compared to like our parents generation they they had like the beatles in the 60s and all that stuff and then there was like the sort of punk rock generation and then for us it was the things like acid house and Bands like the Happy Mondays, do you think it represents something about our generation for you?
2: The, we just want to have a good time. We want to have a
1: party. <laughs> hey, baby, let's go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> mean, it's party music. We just wanted to have a party, is that it? I suppose so. Without it? the eighties was a little bit pretentious, possibly, or a little bit what with like new romantic, glossy, very glossy, and very um, style oriented, and the nineties kind of was more fun oriented if that makes any sense or more getting back to basics and dropping some of the uh padded shoulder shoulder pads and stuff like that so it was, there was more substance to it it was it, it was like, more down to earth but more fun and yeah maybe a bit more real than I, some of the 80s music
1: okay going back to school this is secondary school now yep. in um heart of england school in uh, in the west midlands um and uh, what do you remember about your secondary school experience so after having moved to the countryside and starting at a new school and you dealt with that fairly well what were you like as a secondary school student as a teenager um
2: probably pretty average academically not certainly not bottom of the class but um not really making an effort enough to be top of the class either probably just I enjoyed some lessons, I enjoyed, uh, I generally enjoyed the experience, I think, I didn't really like sport that much.
1: Was there a particular subject that you found that you were better at than others? Quite like history, quite like English,
2: literature and language, quite like art, Well, I didn't really understand a lot of the, um, I thought all art had to have some deep meaning behind it, I didn't realise you could just paint anything you like and work out the meaning later. <laughs> I thought everything had to be conceptual in some way, and I just thought everything had to have a deeper meaning than it needed. So it doesn't have to have a deeper meaning? Not really. I think it's better just to do something really good and big and bold and just do something rather than fretting about
1: why you're doing it. Do you have any artists that you particularly like nowadays? Uh, I'm not really too up on it, to be honest. But you don't Um, have to be up on it. I mean, you just need to know what you like, don't you? Put me on the spot there a bit, Luke. Well, if you had to, say, an artist or some work that you that you really appreciate, um, what would it be? I mean, you don't get to save a piece of art on this desert island, but if you could, what would it be?
2: Uh, a little hypothetical. There's a painting, well, not a painting, a collage my friend Al Herring made from me. His name is, also, well, he didn't make it for me. He had it as part of a show and he gave it to me um, it's, he's a artist illustrator known as Mysterious Al. You can look him up on the internet. Graffiti, you know, addicts or whatever they're called. Graffiti, Graf heads might have heard of him. Mysterious Al. Mysterious Al. Um, so I've got one of his collages on the wall and I like that because it's, uh, handmade and it's coll- mixed, mixed media collage mixed with bits of paint splatters and different all sorts of media in there and it's very frame, framed really nicely okay um but he's not really traditionally uh he's more i don't know it's nice anyway
1: okay all right very good now um let's move on to your third uh, musical choice we've had uh, the happy mondays uh, the the first one of course being um what do we have first we had um madness first madness, then we had happy course. mondays both british bands what's your third musical well, choice this then? is where it
2: gets difficult am i allowed to say what i've got you know as backed up no no you just choose one just have to choose one um god it's hard well i was going to choose the beatles because growing up the beatles was like a member of the family to us and they were just around pre-birth i'm sure we were listening to the beatles in the womb so i really wanted to choose a beatles track but everybody chooses the beatles and just to be different i'm not going to because i can't think of one that really nails it either they're such a wide-ranging band, and I like them as an albums band, and I like bits of their albums, like I like the second half of um, Abbey Road, and I like bits of Sgt. Pepper, but I don't like other bits of Sgt. Pepper. I don't know, they're a band that I, I'd like to make a best of and take that with me. The but Best not, of the Beatles? Yeah, the Best of the Beatles, my version, which would be all the weird ones, like I Am the Walrus, and most of uh, Magical Mystery Tour, I prefer to almost anything else they've done. I like the weirder stuff they did. The more, the psychedelic, the more psychedelic, the better for the beatles i think but, but i'm not, not f- going to cho- choose it i'm sorry i'm not i'm going to go with black sabbath hole in the sky all right now just tell me a little bit about black
1: sabbath before we play this track would you please
2: they're another band that kind of uh, you know when you first hear them you think wow and they really make an impact on you well they did for me anyway um they're just incredible there's no one else like them they're not heavy metal despite what a lot of people think they're heavy rock based in blues rock but then uh, sort of pitched down a bit into sort of the devil's key
1: whatever that is i think it's d minor Is d minor it? augmented d minor seventh or something yeah. d minor ninth satan's own um and they're
2: a unique entity i think almost they kind of prove the existence of channeling where people say that you know it's almost like a, a, a force flowing through them when they create something is that what it's called not channeling, channeling. when do, uh what's the word for it
1: i don't know,
2: I don't Me- know you're you're it's almost like you're the medium and it's flowing through you because a lot of them have, they've said many times that when they were knocking these songs out they just came out of them
1: i think that's without what trying that's what all music musicians say mm. they say that they when they're really um on the it, on the money yeah when they're really in the zone they're creating music that they're not authoring it they're just allowing the music to come through yeah so sabbath i like that
2: very primal band and A lot of people probably sneer at them, but I think they're immensely powerful.
1: More than you could ever imagine. And this track is called Hole in the Sky? Yeah, it's
2: not an obvious choice. It's just one I I like at the moment. I might change my mind about this tomorrow, but
1: right now I would choose this one. Okay, so here it is. Black Sabbath, Hole in the Sky, from Birmingham, nonetheless. Aston in Birmingham. Ozzy Osbourne on lead vocals. Tony Iommi, guitar. Uh, Geezer Butler on drums. and And another bloke.
2: No, Geezer Butler on bass. Oh, really? Bill Ward
1: on drums. Okay. All right. Here they are then. Black Sabbath. Take it away. pretty heavy stuff there from uh,
2: black sabbath i'm just imagining you know it's going to be on a desert island it's bound to be um some kind of stormy conditions from time to time yeah i just imagine in the middle of a thunderstorm blasting that out on my island and just generally
1: being at one with nature right so it's a good chance to just celebrate the 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 um the latent power in nature right okay just going back to your teenage years. <laughs> do we have to? <laughs> Just, yes, we do. That's the whole idea of this show. It's um, a, a candid exploration in candid, a candid, ca- a candid exploration through the the bowels of your 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 life. <laughs> and um, so, what were you like as a teenager, James? I mean, listening to things like Black Sabbath and stuff like that. Uh, it seems quite heavy and a bit dark. Was there a do you ever have dark moments no. <laughs> do, you have dark, do you have dark thoughts <laughs> no, but as a teenager what was it like uh going through all those changes that one does Ooh, at that age probably pretty much like it was for everyone else
2: which means um you know slightly awkward at times but generally all right yeah were you sort of uh, were you a difficult teenager or
1: yeah i think i probably was OK, uh, you know, you'd know more about that than I do. OK, think. everyone listening to this, he was he was it was a he was a bloody nightmare. OK, uh, Moody, uh, you know, he used to answer back. He'd hide in his room playing loud music. He was antisocial. Um, it was it was awful, basically so what was it what was running through your troubled mind at that during that period was any i mean was it troubled or was it basically all right for you was it were you just like i'm having a great time just leave me alone what was going on jesus i don't know i don't know bloody hell (laughs) i'm gonna storm off in a huff now that's what he would have done um at that time we would have just, just
0: leave me alone just leave me alone so unfair
1: <laughs>
2: anyway <laughs> that's the kevin the teenager from um yeah if you want to know what i was like look up harry enfield's kevin the teenager
1: on youtube and
2: you'll see harry me, en- me as
1: 18 harry enfield was a comedian on tv and he d- used to do a character called um kevin the teenager who was like the very typical unreasonable moody young teenager yeah.
2: but um Then again, around about the same time, I really started getting into skateboarding quite a lot. So that Mm -hmm. got me out of the house, probably burnt off a bit of aggression and um, saved
1: my life. (laughs) 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 Okay. Um, Shall we hear your next musical choice? Okay. Tell us Um, about
2: it. This is um, by the Beastie Boys, who are a great band. Um, I mean, it sounds a bit ridiculous, but they're a bit like our Beatles of our generation, you could say. Mm Mm-hmm because well, they were certainly really. the sort of... All right, that's a slight exaggeration, but they always seem to be... Well, I'll quote that. I don't know. Can we delete that bit? No, you can't delete it, no. I'm just... But I th- what I think you're
1: saying now. is that the Beast... The, as the Beatles were sort of cultural ambassadors cultural ambassadors and they sort of cultural uh, leaders innovators so they, they sort of
2: led but they also reflected what was going on at the time they, really more than any other band I can they think were
1: kind of. of alternative to culture and yet sort of leading culture at the same time yeah
2: but also it felt like they were part of you whatever you were doing you kind of thought you'd you get them, and they get they'd probably get they probably think you were all right, or you yeah you know you're on the same wavelength. Basically.
1: So it's that same feeling that you got from Madness and from the Happy Mondays. I suppose Mondays, it is in a way. You got it from the Beastie Boys, but they were from the U.S. originally, from New York. They lived in Los Angeles, though. They're and all that, very male, aren't they? These choices. Well, yeah, they're all male musicians, um, uh, but uh, they played sort of like hip hop and they played uh, punk rock. And yeah, they all played... the
2: best things in life.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, which track are you going to play to us? Hello.
2: Um it's um I'm I thinking of the right one. So what you want. So
1: what you want which is off um, <laughs> that one. Yeah, can we so have what a you to want you, what you want that one. Yeah, that okay. one.
2: Um it's, a, it's you know, I'm sure everyone knows it, but um it's off no their, one, no one probably one. their best
1: album. Check Your Head. Check Your Head. Released- which is closely followed by Ill Communication as the best two albums. Check Your Head, released in 1992, it was a sort of landmark kind of uh, uh, crossover album between uh punk rock and hip hop there were white guys doing hip hop with a rock sort of punk rock aesthetic it j- and
2: also they had double bass and slow, slow slightly slower cooler funky stuff they had stuff jazzy it. funky sort of stuff as well and also that album just sounds amazing because it was all recorded on old analog gear and recorded onto tape so it's got that old school funk slightly distorted in the studio sound which you just cannot fake Mm. And a lot of it was taken from live takes and then chopped up later. Okay. Like I found, Ad Rock did a lot of that. They'd have these long jams, and then he'd cut them up later and make the r- the riffs out of the jams. Okay. Base the track around that, then add, you know, put a beat over the top, whatever. Put some scratching and guitars and whatever else, and you've got a an amazing,
1: you know, head checking mixture. Okay. So this is uh, so what you want by the Beastie Boys from nineteen ninety two. Tick-tock-tock-tock-tock! <laughs> was the beastie boys of course ch- uh, ch- uh, so what you want 1992 check your head i said where'd you
2: get your information from huh you think that you can front when revelation comes?
1: comes yeah you can not front on that nah, 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 nah. so what you want you- anyway
2: uh the, the drum and bass sound on that is Dun, so
1: which i've tried to copy a couple
2: of my tunes actually really to, to weak effect but it's definitely one of my favorite sounds all right then that sound of that album so you managed to get into university didn't you i did unbelievably um i think i did all right at exams i was okay i mean i did quite quite well on my gcse's then i got about how many a levels did i get well you got i think you got th- two or three i got pretty good a levels i think yeah you, average you, you medium. i think right. i got one a and a c and a d or something like that so sort of what level of university did you end up in i didn't have a clue what to look for in a university i really felt completely clueless um i was encouraged to apply for somewhere you know sort of posh and prestigious like oxford or cambridge and i probably should have done because you never know i might have got in you know might have had a chance
1: what are you doing I'm just moving the microphone. You told me to touch my I'm chin mo- i'm moving the microphone so that the- you told me to hold it there yeah but but yeah that's right just speak right into the end of it there right like that that's it exactly brilliant so is this suddenly much louder now i'm Uh, sure everyone likes you more now what was i saying
2: you were saying yeah so i should have applied for a really prestigious university but the whole idea just sort of really put me off and i didn't it felt completely alien to me to go to some of these amazing universities and i i just wasn't that focused on that kind of thing. So I ended up going around a few places and I just picked one I liked the feel of, I liked the look of, I liked the town. Because obviously at college, you've got to have a bit of good student-friendly town. Yeah. So I chose Cambridge and I went to Anglia, Polytechnic University.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, wait a minute, you went It's to actually quite a good college, I'll have you know. So, you didn't go to Cambridge University? No. You went to university in Cambridge? But I didn't
2: actually try to get into Cambridge, so for all I know, they might, would have welcomed me with open arms. Well, to
1: be honest, you couldn't have got in because you didn't, you didn't have the grades. You didn't need, I? No, you needed, like, three A's, three A-level a A's. It, I didn't think it was quite that strict. I thought no, they let the odd chancer in, you know, to keep the place interesting. No, no, they, they need, like top-level grades to qualify for their courses. That's why you didn't go to Cambridge. <laughs> well, all right. I don't think that's strictly true. I don't think you need all A's. I think you do. Can can we check? Can you check? Can someone check that, please? Wait a minute. I'm going to pause it and then... Oh, I can't be bothered no, look, to pause it. We'll come it. back to that. I'm pretty sure that to get into Cambridge University, you need, like, all A's uh, across the board in okay. all your subjects. and I say you don't.
2: Okay, necessarily well,
1: it's, it's it's a help but i don't think anyway let's move on so you got into university and how about your university time it was living away from home in it, cambridge
2: yeah i mean i did live in a really grim part of cambridge actually for the first year called uh, north Arbury, which you can look up on google street view if you want Arbury in cambridge and you'll see it's not quite the dreaming spires that uh, cambridge is known for it um, was extremely grim and depressing, and we were living. Me and this guy had never met before. We're living in lodgings, which means you're living with a family. And I was living with this old couple and another student called Neil, who was another Midlander. As it turned out, he was from the other side of Birmingham, and um, we got on great, but didn't really encourage each other's work rate very well. And I did have a very good time at university too good a time so much in fact that i got an incredibly crap grade at the end of it but you know what can you do you can't go back can you but um you can you can well, i you could can go, go back that would be a bit weird i would be a mature student one of those creepy mature students should mm-hmm. suit me perfectly
1: um so all right so you no did- it was fine i did
2: all right i got my degree just a really really bad one what and did you what did you study uh weirdly a combination of english and graphic arts a split degree which is unusual but not impossible english literature literature and graphic arts and you can do modules from both subjects to build up your degree
1: what do you remember doing on, on the english side of things what do you remember reading um
2: we did the usual stuff like media studies that's always quite interesting um Didn't you read
1: any particular
2: texts? Oh yeah, I read um, quite a lot of um, the Romantic poets, and I read um, like John Donne, and he's quite good. And um, I think who I particularly like is William Blake. He's very good. Check him out, William Blake. Um, But overall, I was far more focused on having a good time all of the time. (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay, as it's, that's a Spinal Tap reference Spinal Tap, is a comedy film Which I will tell everyone on Luke's English Podcast About at some point um, Let's have another musical choice This is, what, number five now, is it? Yep, I'm, I'm
2: running out of options And I've got too many left in the few that we have left I'm going to have to ditch some It's you can, going to be You've horrible. only
1: got time to rescue another four ah. Records, so what's number five then? Well,
2: I'm just going to take them as they come Number five is A Tribe Called Quest With... Clap your hands, I think that's what it's called. Can we check?
1: Um okay, let's check.
0: Brothers know the flays when the quest gets loose. Slam sucker sucker duckers like the wrestler's zoo. Crazier than to and the click for juice. Cock is longer than a hat, one by Dr. Suit. Love a girl in Daisy Dukes like the kids for do. Kids pay to sex hoochie like my main man Luke. Control the mic like Dennis, sell on the girls whack them. beyond the nuts like Rocket J. Screw. The worst thing in this world is a fucking MC. Favorite rap group in the world is EPMD. Can't forget the Daylight due to originality. And if I ever went solo, my favorite MC would be me. If I woke up in the house, i give a shout out to Snoopy. Peace to all the prepses. To help with the groupies like a uh, Ruffian to Motzi, Brooklyn to Dodger, Nervous to Shirley, rerun to Roger, rent to the Stumpy, to Hardy. Q of, they mash up the body, kick the rhymes and more rhymes, kick the beats and more beats. We'll have you scratching in your head like trying on techniques. For those who wanna oppose, then they can stand. But for now, just shut your shit and clap your hands. to dance man and clap your hands if you venture up the wrong road then the circumstance will be crucial i got hundreds surrounds that'll suit you so listen the African intuition is very very worthy i could fill you out from russia to jersey
1: so that was a tribe called quest with clap your hands what a gem so why that one just a brilliant album brilliant tune
2: uh, the You know, the lyrical flow of Fife being this like cheeky sort of like character and then Q-Tip being really smooth and slow. And they just had a lot of personality, some amazingly good beats that I think Q-Tip made. And um, they're just sick, man. Sick meaning good. I think. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's a bit of London slang. But wouldn't you agree that's one of the best albums of all time?
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, that, the album is called Midnight Marauders. By a tribe called Quest, released in 1993. We're going chronologically. That's a bloody we are, miracle. We are vaguely Apart going from Sabbath. We're going in vague chronological order here, mm. and also vague chronological order in in your life as well. Yeah, that's the way we've tried to do it. Um, you so you did your university thing. You had a very good time all of the time. Um, you, you emerged from college with a you kind of. You managed let's to brush over that. I got a degree. You got just, a just, degree. Just Let, like that. Let's let's say that. And so, what was the next move? You stayed in Cambridge for a while. You launched a T-shirt company, I believe. That was later. In between that, I worked
2: in uh, a wine shop <laughs> in Cambridge. Uh huh. Oddbins. Okay. And I learnt about wine. I did some wine courses. Did a lot of wine tasting. A lot of wine drinking. Yep i did my wsct exams which is wine and spirit education trust okay to be honest i didn't really know what else to do with my life but it was really good fun learning about wine and drinking it so okay. i did that for a couple, <laughs> a couple where, where of did, years. where did you work then in the workshop a... bins in a few of them all of, pretty much all the odd bins in cambridge there was about three or four of them and i worked in king's parade um Parker's Peace? What the hell was that one called? That I can't remember. Anyway, different wine, shops different wine shops in Cambridge. There was two on one street and one somewhere else. Okay. And it was mainly just selling students booze all day. <laughs> and drinking wine. <laughs> so it wasn't a hard job. And we had a really good stereo in the shop. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> you can see where your priorities are. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh
1: yeah, but pretty, they had a really good stereo. In pretty, the, sh- the pay was terrible, but the stereo was brilliant.
2: Pretty transparent, aren't I? But the... Uh, stereo was from richer sounds which anyone who lives in the uk will know is the best place to get your stereo from they're an independent stereo hi-fi specialist that sell a lot of uh cambridge audio
1: uh, cambridge absolutely audio enough.
2: absolutely C- enough cambridge audio a british uh, manufacturer of, uh, of amps amplifiers and stuff and um i think i had uh, wharfdale diamond speakers wharfdales are really nice speakers okay. so what well, all you need for a good sound system is a cambridge audio amp your wharfdale speakers and they're quite cheap they're not that much and then your cd player or whatever add-on of choice <laughs> if you want to be a complete fool plug your ipod into it but it won't sound as good
1: no no you've got to go with uh, a bit of vinyl that you've rescued from the ocean
2: well yeah But in the shop, we didn't have vinyl, we just had a CD player. But we'd play albums all day, just drink wine and talk bullshit. It was great.
1: Okay, all right. Um, Weren't you concerned about uh, what you were going to do with your life? Or were you happy to just sit around selling and drinking (laughs) wine? That really okay then let's have your next musical choice then james and let's imagine you playing this on those wharfdale which, speakers which would have happened a
2: lot actually this would have been opening up music because i was a key holder so which meant i had to lock up and open up in the morning walk the to work. yeah normally a bit late and then make myself a brew what's that a cup of tea and put the speakers on um whack them up a bit and put on this which is Aphex twin from selected ambient works volume one and the track is called tau," So what just before we listen to it, what does this mean to you? It's just a great tune, isn't it? I mean, uh it's it's some of the best bit of electronic music ever made, I think. It's it's got a very cool sound. It's very analogy sounding. Lots of drenched in analog reverb. Um he was about 14 or 15 when he wrote this probably in his in his early teens probably um it's just great tune what more can you say
1: when when i mean when actually
2: maybe i should go for a
1: different any any apex twin track but i'll say we're gonna go with Xtal, which is the first track on the album yeah which would have been that track i played on the stereo in the shop it's the first one that comes on when you play the cd yeah and it's it's um it's probably immensely popular i bet this has been downloaded a million billion times yeah but uh, you know i I know that lots of my listeners know about Aphex Twin. They probably know this track. A lot of them won't. I bet this is his most well-known track. No. No, his most well-known track will be something like, um, what's that famous one with the music video, Window Licker? No, I bet this is more famous than Window Licker, because even
2: our mum and dad have got a copy of this in the house only because you bought <laughs> like, yeah, like, no, is, is really like it
1: for them you're like you've got to listen to this this is really important point is they like it you were like mom and dad you've got you've got to listen to this album it's really important they were like what about your career <laughs> no this album <laughs> okay well let's listen to XTAL by Aphex twin just to give the listeners an idea of what it was like probably in around 1998 or something when you skipped out the college years but... no we did the university years you had a good time all of the time yeah And you didn't do that much work, but you got a degree. And then you ended up working in a wine shop, selling wine and drinking wine as well. And you would arrive a bit late in the morning in the shop. And you'd open the door with the key, the key master. And then you'd put this on the CD with a cup of tea. Turn off the burglar alarm. and uh, Turn off the burglar alarm. And then these are the sounds that would be emanating from your Wharfdale speakers in the shop. um, As customers drifted in, students wanting to buy some cheap wine. And they would be listening to this in the shop. And this is it, Aphex Twin, Extel. Okay, so that was uh, Xtal, Positively ethereal. Ethereal, uh, mood-enhancing, um, uplifting, ambient trance music. I wouldn't say trance music. I'd say um, EDM. What's that? No,
2: I wouldn't really. IDM. IDM? What's that mean? Intelligent dance music. Oh, intelligent <laughs> dance music. Ooh, it's intelligent. What was so intelligent about that? I'm only joking. That's what people call it. I didn't make that term up. Okay. it's just. A, I'd say it's ambient house
1: how it's ambient techno no it's ambient techno okay Is uk ambient techno sort of thing you can dance to but it also has a sort of uh ambient atmospheric quality that you can help you relax if if it's if that's necessary mm. um like for example if it's a, an early morning and you you've you've just arrived at the shop to sell wine All to right, students let's not,
2: let's not dwell on that it wasn't a a long period in my life
1: okay well, what did you do after working in the, the wine shop then i hung around
2: cambridge for a while not doing very much and then i moved back home which is always
1: a mistake yeah back moving to mum and dad moving back in with the parents bad move how bad old move. were you 20s 22 23 20 something it's a
2: i don't really remember a painful experience it's isn't not it? not a good time i think, think you did the same thing for a while didn't you uh, yeah i did after university i moved back in with the parents you kind of run out of money and you, you need to restart and rethink what yeah. you're doing and it's it's never a nice experience it's it's a backwards move yeah and also you
1: end up like living under your parents roof when you've been you've spent four or five years away from home being yeah. your own boss and then suddenly you're, you're back to where you were as a kid again yeah in the local pub
2: um, which was fun. There were fun times to be had with the local mates that we had around there, but um, it was. They definitely felt like a backwards move.
1: Can you tell me about the T-shirt company which you set up?
2: Yes. Um, a friend of mine from college were chatting one night, and I said, let's start a T-shirt company. And he just went, yeah, all right. And so we went about doing that, and I moved up to Sheffield, and we were quite successful for a while. Yeah. Um, we were sold in... A few place, local places, a place called Burrow, which is a cool Sheffield shop. We were sold in Harvey Nichols eventually. A department store. The department store. I can't remember which one.
1: Um, they were, you, your, your t-shirts were available in some shops in London and stuff. Oh yeah, they were available in London. Yeah, okay. Um, and, and they f- were available over the place. A few uh, sort of notable musicians and rock stars were seen wearing your t-shirts. They were actually uh, filmed. Um, for example, at the Glastonbury Festival. I remember yeah, watching... the coolest c- band in the world. Travis, <laughs> which no one really knows about anymore. They just came and went, didn't they? Yeah, they were sort of like the cold play of their day. Yeah, they really were. They, they never were. managed to make it to the international f- levels of they fame. They never made it to the next plateau, did they? That's true. But Glastonbury, 2000... Um, Was it 2000? It was 2000. I remember we were both watching it on TV at Mum and Dad's house. Yeah. It was one of those days when we were holed up in your bedroom watching Glastonbury on a black and white television, and um, we were watching it, and the headline act of the whole festival, I mean, bearing in mind that these days the festival is headlined by the Rolling Stones and Bruce Springsteen and stuff, the headline act of the festival, they came on, it was Travis, they were singing their big hit, Why Does It Always Rain On Me?, and um, what was he wearing? He was wearing one of your T-shirts. In fact, that's probably on YouTube. I've never looked that up, actually. Yeah.
2: Travis. And Co- he'd
1: adapted it. I mean,
2: it was very weak, to be honest. But the T-shirt was one of those Home Taping is Killing Music T-shirts. What's that? that? Is a logo that used to be on the back of record labels. And it's common now. You see them all over the shop. But at the time, I don't think anyone had really done it. I hadn't seen it on a T-shirt anyway. So it's no big deal. But the T-shirts were really high quality. So it was almost like a slightly trashy slogan on a really high quality, well-made, sort of uh, made in the UK as well. They were made in Sheffield. They weren't imported from China or whatever. It was really good stuff. Quite expensive to buy. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. He was wearing one of these T-shirts, but he changed it to freeing. Home taping is
1: freeing music. Did he really? Yeah, like how ironically unironic. I bet he's. I bet he, he regrets writing that now. It looks now, so now, retarded. Now that Spotify and BitTorrenting has taken away all of his earnings from those records, yeah. I bet he doesn't think that home taping is freeing music now. Maybe he does, maybe he but does. But he's just won't. done it by crossing
2: out taping and writing freeing in his own badly done marker pen. And, but, but anyway, let's not detract from that. Travis were very successful and um
1: they wore your t-shirt weird
2: seeing on tv yeah but the whole t-shirt thing i don't want to go into great detail it went slightly tits up as these things often do it went pear-shaped it went pear-shaped um i won't go into the reasons why um but just so you know sometimes when you get into business with a friend it's not always the best thing and also i wasn't particularly business-minded so it got to a stage where i wasn't I was in the dark, basically, as to what was going on with the business, even though I was in charge of design and my friend was in charge of sales, essentially, is how we broke it down. He did do quite a lot of work. He did a lot. He had a car. He did a lot of legwork. So I can see he might have felt a bit unfair that I wasn't doing my fair share. But there was never really the proper discussion, even though I tried artistic differences artistic differences are also financial differences you could say financial irregularities
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay right what's your next musical choice this is number six now isn't it so let's let's move it along number six all right
2: um i'm going to go with goldie and saint angel because drum and bass is uh, another brilliant force of mu- music a uh, musical force rather that um I've been really into for a long time, since I first heard it. I first heard it in about 93 or something on tape. My friend lent me a Groove Rider tape, which... Groove Rider's a DJ. And all we, we knew about it, well, I wasn't really up on rave or hardcore music, but it was just this name and this incredible music, which I have never heard the likes of before. And it was just when hardcore, which is kind of like Think the Prodigy, rave music, was evolving into jungle and drum and bass, which is a lot darker, a lot more kind of dub inspired so a lot more minimal sparse scary a lot of it is very dark <laughs> and uh, really 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 um atmospheric like nothing you've ever heard and it's really stood the test of time i think a lot of drum and bass and jungle compared to house and techno and a lot of other stuff from that time sounds really cheesy now you could even say it's
1: uh, it's timeless <laughs> which ironically q. is the, the name of the album q goldie and this is saint angel Exactly, James. I think that a lot of my listeners, some of them will, will will agree with you that that's incredible stuff, but some of them will think that's just scary and weird <laughs> and dark. Yeah, well, people like horror films. so You can have horror music
2: as well. Really? is that It's the incredibly ad- funky. It's it's dark and funky, I there
1: think. Is, it may seem at the, the, the beginning to be brutal and cold and scary, but in fact... It sort of resolves itself in the last third. There's a lot of soul and a lot of... Um, Yearning. It's like jazz. It's like Miles Davis kind of jazz, really. Um, Okay, then. And it's just brutally hardcore played through a loud sound system, you know. It's like a a physical
2: experience. Yeah. It is a physical experience.
1: Okay. So after the t-shirt business and all that stuff, you you, you did move to London, ultimately, and you worked... Thank God. Um, I actually... Probably with the help of my mum and dad, who probably said,
2: come on, sort yourself out, go back to college or something.
1: Sort your life out, stop listening to this weird music. Yeah,
2: for God's sake, what's that strange music coming out of your bedroom? So I went back to college and I did a quick one-year course at the London College of Printing, which is in Elephant and Castle, which is a kind of hipster hub now. But those days, it was a little bit more grimy. Still pretty hipster, though. Um, And... did a design course like everyone else. But i would always been into design. i like had done this
1: T-shirt thing. Oh, Sorry, I just dropped my pen. It's right, You can pick up the pen if, you, if oh, it's okay. really important it. to you. James just dropped a pen and it suddenly became the most important Well, thing. I kind of forgot I had to talk into the mic. Anyway, Go so on.
2: I went to college and I did a graphic design course. I'd already been doing graphics for the T-shirt business anyway, and I was self-taught, so I had a head start on everyone else. Yeah. I did some quite good stuff and, you know, kind of one of the, definitely one of the better students in there from some of the other stuff people came up with. Met a cool guy called Moto, Japanese guy who Luke is mates with now as yeah. well. Went to visit him in Tokyo a couple of years later and, you know, it led to lots of, you know, good times and I actually,
1: off the back of that um, course, hang on, have we missed out New Zealand? When yeah, well, we haven't that- got to that yet look i know your life better than you do you do so after doing the design course you then sort of um, still living i was living in london and guess where i was working Oddbins, the wine (laughs) shop yeah a different one one in chiswick so you worked at the wine shop again after you did the design course and you sort of tried to set yourself up i
2: started doing the odd few little jobs from home freelance jobs i learned website design taught myself learned flash which is sadly kind of redundant now, but started getting a few bits of work to supplement my odd bins work. Um, while I was in odd bins, I met a girl called Anna, who was a Kiwi chick from New Zealand. And after we'd been going out for a while, I want to
1: condense that. <laughs> after she, I, I can condense it. After okay. she, uh, you'd been going out for a while, her visa ran out. So she had to go back to New Zealand. And you went, all right, I'll come with you. Instead of breaking up, I might as well see the world. I'll go to New Zealand. And so you went to New Zealand. You spent two years living, in, living down under in the Antipodes in New Zealand. So what was it like living on the other side of the world, in the Southern Hemisphere, for a change? It was brilliant. Living
2: in Wellington, uh, which is a really cool city. Well, they call it a city. Um, (laughs) It's very small. Um, It was great. It was brilliant. Lovely place. Lovely people. Can't fault it. Really? Really? Yeah. Okay. Got back into skating again. There was quite a good skate scene there, um, so I had people to skate with. I had some cool flat mates who were really good laugh. One of them was a chef, so he was always cooking these amazing roasts. Lived in an amazing house called uh, Number One Thompson Street in Wellington. Perfect. Check it out if you live there. If you live near there, have Thompson a look. Thompson Street, Number One Thompson Street in Wellington. It was just made for you, wasn't it? And really? there was a deck, a dick, as they say in New Zealand. It's a dick. Shall we all a sit deck. on a dick? A deck uh, a deck um which is like a had... kind
1: of veranda about a sort of a yeah. place outside where so you...
2: we'd have big barbecues and this chef guy would cook big joints of meat lots of joints of meat lots of joints of meat. um it was good fun good I so i joined a band while i was there uh called cop car sort of punk can, band uh a pop punk band or poppy not too pop okay um punk band for um, that I actually quite like now. At the time, they were never really sort of heavy enough for me. I always thought they could have a bit more distortion in there and be a bit wilder, but listening back to it now, I actually like it quite a lot. Okay.
1: You also um, did some design work as well. Did in these some, yeah,
2: that's a good thing. In the second year, I, my flatmate left and basically passed me on to her job, which was in-house designer at a group of restaurants and other businesses. So I was really jammy. I basically said get me an interview, go on, go on, go on, go on. Even though I hadn't really had the, enough experience at that stage. And she said, oh, okay, I don't think you've had enough experience though, James. And I went, yeah, but just get me an interview, go on. So she did, and I got the job and did that for the next year. And that really set me up as a new a job as a designer and art worker. Okay. Artworking is getting stuff ready for print, not just uh, digital. So it's oh. a slightly different set of skills.
1: Okay, then. Very good. So, what's your next musical choice then? At this stage, this is number seven, number penultimate seven. one,
2: going right back to the start because this was kind of on a par with the same kind of time I discovered the Mondays, probably um, at school because uh, Richard Sexty first played me this album, who's a good friend of mine. I used to skateboard with him, Richard Sexty, and he had a cool older brother. Um, who had lots of uh, punk and post-punk albums. So he introduced me to a lot of seventies, late 70s music. And it was at his that I first heard the Sex Pistols on vinyl with uh, No Feelings. <laughs>
1: So what's the appeal of that stuff,
2: then? Oh, it's just brilliant, isn't it? Anthemic, you could say. And, like, doesn't give a toss
1: what you think of it. It's just, like, going, It's just energetic. It's just full of... like spirit and full of spunk (laughs) (laughs) spunk and vigor okay then so you you can
2: hear you can hear um steve jones he's the guitarist um you could just hear his soul just coming out through that guitar sound yeah as far as i'm concerned and going i exist you fuckers
1: what was it about the sort of punk music movement that really got you well i don't
2: like the whole movement i think a lot of it was Crap. A lot of it was a bit Especially protect- when people start talking about the punk movement, that's when you know right. you're in trouble. Okay, well But individually I do like a lot of bands, like you've got to admit it came from America. The Ramones, the Stooges are all both brilliant. The New York Dolls, brilliant if you like that kind of thing. Um Johnny Thunder's basically inspired Steve Jones to play the way he does on the Pistols Records but johnny rotten is just an individual there's no one else like him. the it.
1: lead singer of the Sex Pistols, john
2: Lydon, yeah and he's just got so i mean he's not a traditional singer but he's got incredible lyrics incredible delivery and just something new something completely
1: unique okay all right then um so after new zealand uh it didn't work out with the girl you moved back but you you came back with another with another girl yeah, we probably shouldn't go into that. I'm not going to go into it in lots of detail. But you did come back to London, and then you continued working in design, and freelance stuff. Yeah, thankfully, I was off the uh, off license
2: floor and stopped onto, working at the shop. S- stopped working at the shop and went straight to an agency. A few agencies, one of which immediately kind of seemed to say, "Okay, you're going to be an art worker." Because of my print experience, I've done lots of billboards and stuff for these restaurants and lots of print ads and stuff and lots of work with print. Um, so she was like, right, you're, you're going to be an art worker. You get good money doing this. I'm going to recommend you to someone. You should start next week. Okay. And it was like bish, bash, bosh. Bob's your uncle. Bob's your uncle. You're in, and I was in. Um, I don't. I won't say the name of the company, but it's a big London agency where I'm a freelancer. I freelance around London and a few different places, and that's but it. I always can end up coming back to the same one because they always get me work. So it,
1: it basically set you up from that point. As set a, me up. As it was freelance. It, it was a kind of artist and a
2: key second chance at a career, basically based on going back to college that second time.
1: And then a career defining moment when you designed the logo for. The award-winning Luke's English podcast. Very true. And did I get paid for that? You got. Well, you got paid in 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 car, in <laughs> a sort of payment. <laughs> I gave you beer. All the best jobs are done for free.
2: Um, you should, th- there's a good um, uh, page web page I saw recently famous logos and how much they cost to design
1: famous logos and how much they cost to design something
2: like that dot com something like that you'll find it and uh, some of them are ridiculous like some of the rebranding of pepsi was like a million dollars to really? rebrand pepsi which or, or more something ludicrous like way more i don't know like 10 million dollars i can't remember something just insane you're suggesting and that s- i
1: should have paid you a million dollars
2: yeah yeah
1: But some of them, but some of them
2: were designed free. The um, the Nike logo, the Nike swoosh, was cost about twenty two dollars or something off a freelancer. It's just amazing the disparity between, you know, prices.
1: Okay, let's have your last musical choice then, James. Um, Well, since I'm going to be on this desert island, um, are we
2: going to get into the luxuries yet? Because we kind of just coming up after the music. So, what kind of flora and fauna do we have on this island?
1: Everything. All of, all of the, 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 the different sort of uh, plants and weeds and things, they all grow on the island. So hemp might be a, a growing on the island. Hemp is, is a natural uh, product that grows freely on, on this so island, yeah. One use for hemp, you can
2: make rope from it. So yes. I'd want to make a fisherman's net, a fishing net, uh-huh. out of coarse hemp rope fibre, And spend my evenings whiling away listening to my seven records, eight records over and over and over again (laughs) and making a a fishing net. And then I would go fishing during the day. I'd wade out into the shallows like they do in, I don't know, the Caribbean, I suppose, and just catch fish freehand. Right. So to inspire me on my task, I'd like, because it's Desert Island, the Congos, which is Lee Scratch Perry's band, and Fisherman. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.
1: was uh the fisherman by the congos produced by lee scratch perry in jamaica
2: living in a bamboo hut
1: you would be living in a bamboo hut probably and then there's that really deep
2: voice that comes in at the end yeah. the best carly and Seaport <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay all right so how are you going to do on this uh remote island on your own are you going to be able I'm, to handle it i love it <laughs> when do we leave Wait, when do I, I leave? When do you, I leave? You leave imminently, James. Um, I don't
2: know. I I kind of think I'd quite enjoy it, but I think the um, the not knowing would get to me. You know, Am I ever going to be rescued? Am I no. going to be here forever?
1: No one cares. No one's going to rescue you. In fact, everyone's glad. No, I'm joking. Well, I'd start building a raft
2: pretty much straight away. or thinking about it. Um, but I don't know if I'd go out and it would just be something to do. I might be quite comfortable, might be quite happy there. But who knows? Maybe after a few weeks I'd just crack. Yeah. But I like to think I could handle it. It's just with the survival aspect, getting enough calories a day, that would be the hard bit. Finding food and all that stuff. But if there was plentiful food and fish um, and hemp to work with, I think I'd probably be
1: all <laughs> be all right. <laughs> okay. Um, so you also get to choose one luxury item. Um, you get you get a couple of books. I am going to give you the Oxford English Dictionary, and also the the w- complete works of William Shakespeare. Why not the Bible? That's well, traditional. Okay, in the other in the BBC show, they give you the Bible and the complete works of Shakespeare. You can have that if you prefer. I think I'd prefer the Bible to
2: the to the dictionary, not because I am religious, but because it's got more of a story. Okay, you know, you are going to be pretty bored out there. You need all the entertainment you can get. Okay, then, and uh, you know, you never know, I might turn might become a God-botherer.
1: Maybe. All right, so you can have the Bible and <coughs> the complete works of Shakespeare and another
2: book. Shakespeare would be great. I would be happy with the complete works of Shakespeare. That would keep you going for a while. All right. One the
1: book, I thought about this
2: before, and it's really, really hard, because once you've read a book, you kind of want to read another one. It's not like music that you can keep coming back to, like, a hundred times. You'd only want to read a book maybe three times, max. But I'll just choose my favourite book of the moment, which is... Over the last few years, which is Jake Arnott's The Long Firm. And Jake Arnott is a um, London based writer who writes about sort of historical events, mainly based in London and Britain, but he writes his own spin on it. He writes about fact as fictional characters, so a lot of his stories are based on real people, but he'll write his fiction around the true events and it's sort of the world of organized
1: crime and politics well
2: it's yeah organized crime politics the establishment there's all sorts of things that touch on things that have been on the news recently like um dodgy rings of people in power doing dodgy things and um, it touches on lots of the whole range of society from lowest society to the highest society it also includes the shadowy underworld of what goes on
1: And it's quite pulp fiction-y, it's quite pulpy, but um, it's actually got hidden depths, I think. It's like crime stories which have, like, extreme significance in terms of, like, actual events and things. Yeah, and he does people really well. He writes stories from each, each
2: chapter is from a different person's perspective, and you really feel they are real people and they have real emotions and he just writes people really well so you could be some good company there on the on the desert island yeah and there's a good character called jack the hat have you read the book
1: yeah i have yeah the Chica. yeah
2: he's he, he, he's a sort of a speed dealing uh, old school gangster that drives around in a Ford zodiac um, and listens to a lot of reggae music well he ends up in reggae clubs where he meets his clients and he's like quite starts to kind of get into the uh,
1: the scar music of the time right Okay, so you're going to have Jake (coughs) Arnott, the long firm, and you also have a luxury item which you can rescue. Which one would you like? Oh, my God. I hadn't thought about this. Um, Rizzler?
2: Maybe uh, my skateboard, please. Okay. And I can think about trying to build a mini ramp out of... um, Hemp? (laughs) Out of... There's nothing... Well, okay, out of uh, ply that I find washed up on shore
1: okay because there's a lot of pollution out there in the oceans and so who knows what might wash up right you can have your skateboard just be careful of your shoulder okay <laughs> don't dislocate it again because uh there's no there are no hospitals on this island uh unless you make one out of bark or something i don't know um all right so there you go you've had your luxury item you've chosen your book now uh, unfortunately there's been a freak storm which means that uh, all of your records are being washed away and you only have a chance to save one, one record that you uh, would like to have. Oh, only one. Which one's it going to be? Oh,
2: if, God. If don't would only do choose this to one. Me. Don't do this to me. Well, it doesn't matter because it's not really going to happen, is it? But I still find it really hard to choose. Um,
1: I'm going to have to hurry you, I'm afraid.
2: I'll go for the Congos and Fishermen because it would fit. Okay, it'd fit the environment. It's it's just a really it's got a bit of everything. It's got a bit of soul. It's got a bit of disco. <laughs> it's got a bit of rock and roll. <laughs> I can imagine you with dreadlocks. And your- I would grow dread. Well, I'd grow one dreadlock at the back. Maybe I don't think I'd have so many on the top. But I'd probably be in good physical shape because I wouldn't have any fat on me at all. No, I'd probably look great actually. Uh, <laughs> so compared to how I do now, working hard with your hemp net. I'd have a good tan. Um
1: and this track... And we'll I'd have these... I'd,
2: I'd sort of probably affected a sort of Rasta-style uh, internal monologue. So I'd probably just be, like, someone
1: crazy, a crazy man. A Rasta-style internal monologue when we're going to go down we the beach We're going to go down the no. beach now. We're going <laughs> to get some more fish now. That's a bit racist, Luke, doing that accent. I don't I think it is. I think it's all right. If it was Italian, it wouldn't be racist, would it? No, I, th- I think it's fine. There's nothing Hey, racist. we're going to go down the beach and get to some uh, Pasta. Just to Shall Just, we delete to let, this just to let you know There are lots of Italians that listen to this I'm not <laughs> sure if there are many Jamaicans Anyway uh, thanks very much for being a guest On this show which is called Marooned with my music Thanks a lot it was um, Kind of weird don't really feel like I'm
2: uh, I, I deserve this great honour But thank you very much You're welcome And uh, thanks. When do I get to do yours Can I interview you next time Yeah of time? course you can yeah Okay, look forward to that, readers, listeners. <laughs> you can look forward to that, listeners, if we ever get round to, to interviewing me. We- okay. Well, thanks, Luke. Thanks for having me on your
1: show. And um, let's go. Well, I mean, when do I leave? Any minute now. Okay. Bye. Bye then. Thanks Thanks very much, everyone, for listening. I'll speak to you again very soon. But for this episode of Maroon with my music, it's time to say goodbye. Bye. Thanks again for listening to Luke's English podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk.